Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever it is your time. I'm Pamela Fagan Hutchins, and you have stumbled across or found on purpose the podcast slash videocast for Wine, Women, and Writing. This is a show where I talk with other authors about their books, especially their kick-ass female characters um, and the things that make them authentic and complex. So hopefully we'll get a little oversharing, a little irreverence, who knows. Occasionally we'll throw in some profanity if you're lucky and in general have a really good time today. Um, If you enjoy these author interviews that I do every week on Wine, Women, and Writing, I'm going to make a plug and ask you to go out and support the podcast at um, my website, PamelaFaganHutchins.com. If you go to the podcast page, you'll see a link that'll help you make a pledge so that we can continue to do these shows. And if you do that, I'm going to give you a shout out. This week, the thanks goes to Catherine and Pat. So thanks, you guys. You're awesome. I write the USA Today bestselling and Silver Falchion Best Mystery winning series, What Doesn't Kill You. So you can learn more about those novels out on my website as well, and even link to subscribe to the podcast where it will be free and automatic right to your own device. So The Where's Waldo and What's in Her Cup um, series continues with this week, I'm in my parents' barn dominium, literally. Barn dominium. I just had to turn off the window unit air conditioner so you guys could hear me instead of one of our other houses. So in tiny DeLeon, Texas, drinking um, a little bone broth with kyolic and apple cider vinegar. And that's because I'm all about the healthy healthy drink, right? (laughs) No Tito's today. day is exciting, actually. Sort of a, um, a neighbor of ours when we were at Nowheresville, since she lives down the road in Austin. She's a two-time Rita winner and a New York Times bestseller, Laura Griffin, here with her new release, Total Control. Welcome, Laura. Hi, welcome. Good morning. Good morning to you. It feels like we're just sitting in the kitchen together having a cup of coffee. Yes. Well, I'm not drinking bone marrow or what bone broth. I'm <laughs> drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was drinking coffee. It doesn't like me. But we have the almost matching cabinets. Literally, it look, this looks like almost we're, we're in the same place. So it's pretty darn cool, the technology and what it does for us. So yes. hopefully it'll be friendly to us today as well and give us a good connection. Um, so I am, uh, I'm curious to, to know this series that you are putting out and this book, Total Control, which is the one I just read. So Laura has a ton of great books, but I read in her Alpha Crew series. Is that what it's called? Yes. So Alpha Crew series. What's the premise of the series? Well, the Alpha Crew series is based on an elite team of Navy SEALs. And so um, Alexa actually appeared in the very first Alpha Crew story. She's been in all of the different Alpha Crew stories, but um, the series is based on this SEAL team. Um, And several of the books have exotic settings. Um, One began in the Philippines, one began in Thailand. This one actually begins in Southern California in San Diego. Um, but, you know, I've done a lot of research about um, special operations and uh, SEALs over the years. And so um, I, I wanted to do this series and just focus on some of the really interesting action-packed things that, that go on. And so that's... That's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, do you have a, um, a SEAL in your family or background or military folks or just a fascination? Just a fascination. 
I mean, I've got some military relatives, but no seals. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I I started doing um, some research on this story, and this the the heroine Alexa is a an FBI agent, and so she's um, living in California. She works for the LA field office, and she kind of joins forces with the seal that she knows from a couple of previous um, investigations, um, and they're trying to hunt down a um, a a terrorist that's on American soil. They have reason to believe he's on American soil. So, and there's a little heat between the two of them. I say oh, little, <laughs> a little, and that's kind of like yeah. um, underselling. It's a scorching hot chemistry, I believe, mm -hmm. as some of the quotes have said. Um, but the two start out not so much enamored with each other, or not at least admitting that they are. I, I yeah. it was kind of a, a neat setup. Um, Jake thinks that he's thinking about her and she spurned his, um, you know, overtures before. And then she calls and he's thinking, yes, finally, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not so much. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you know, this was kind of an interesting challenge because with the seal, the, the, the series is called alpha crew. And so as you can imagine, these, these guys are pretty, um, intense and they're very focused and they're very um, kind of take charge. There's a lot of action in the stories. So you can't just pair them with any heroine. I mean, you have to pair them with someone who's equally strong. Um, so, so I've been kind of building up Alexa for several stories now. And so this was finally her chance to have her own book. And, um, but she's, she's an interesting character. She's very tough and she operates in the very male dominated world of the FBI and law enforcement. And so she's, that is one reason she's pretty resistant to Jake um, at the beginning because she's, she's surrounded by these alpha guys all the time. Yeah. And she's kind of had it with some of the, you know, the antics and some of the drawbacks to um, such strong personalities. And so she just um, is a little bit more aloof. And, um, but then as the story goes on um Jane wears wears her down a little bit and they they really start to have a connection that's that's they get beyond kind of the flirtation stage and really start to get to know each other in the in the book so they do and not only is it scorching hot but it's also romantic you know it's there's there's as you said and i love this that she's a strong woman who isn't out looking for a man doesn't think she needs a man and is really sick as you said of the antics but you can't deny the pheromones, right? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> the pheromones win, but it's, a, it's also a very touching romance. So for those of you that like both, you're gonna get both in total control. Yeah. But just like right now, you're getting both our conversation, Laura's and mine, and my snoring Boston Terrier. <laughs> I'm not even hearing, but he's back there like a chainsaw. Way to go, Petey. Um, so Laura has a dog too. So we'll see. I have a Weimaraner. Oh, so there's some energy in there. Yes, yeah. She's doing great right now. She's not very energetic in the mornings. She, she's more of an evening dog. <laughs> That's good for this podcast because they can be insistent. They can be yes. real energetic. <laughs> They're fun though. They're pretty. Um, now, I, I obviously read Total Control and the Alpha uh, Crew series because it's your newest release, but you've got a couple of other new ones that are out as well yeah. that are not strict romantic suspense with a male um, and female point of view alternating, but straight up female protagonist, am I correct? Yes, or yes. Yeah. Tell me about those, because- um, Well, talk. so my, uh, I had a book that came out this summer and it's called um, Her Deadly Secrets. This is 
the cover mm. in case you um so this is a book and it's about um kira vance and she's it's set in houston which is the city where i grew up and it's set in the post kind of hurricane harvey houston where you know the 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 hurricane had a very lingering effect on the city. And so um, the characters in the book are still kind of, um, the, it gets referenced multiple times during the story, the effects right. of that. Um, anyway, but the, the main character is Kira Vance and she's a private investigator and she works for a criminal defense attorney. And so it's her, her job is normally to, um, to kind of go out and vet um, witnesses before trial and kind of understand what really happened. And she sees her job as a search for the truth. So, you know, there's a case going to trial. Um, in this case, someone's on trial for murder. It's a doctor in Houston that's been accused of murdering his wife and he's about to go to trial. And so Kira's job as part of the defense team is to kind of go nosing around, kind of see if the people that are witnesses in the case are telling the truth. Do the alibis make sense? Do, you know, does everything add up? And so, She's kind of pursuing that. And then there's um, a member of the defense team is murdered in the opening scene of the book. So then it kind of launches into this whole plot of why were they murdered? What did they know? You know, what secrets might they have had that kind of could unlock the mystery of the whole case um, as it's about to go to trial. And so then of course, Kira ends up in the middle of it all. So. I love that. And boy, boy, are you right about the lingering effects of Harvey. I have friends that are just now having their houses rebuilt, you know, uh, years later. I mean, and, and still feeling like a post-traumatic stress from the incident. Yeah. So yeah. it can almost be a character in your book, yeah. you know, that. that oh, it is. Yeah, certainly. And I grew up um, near Buffalo Bayou, which is one of the the bayous that flooded um, in West Houston. And so my parents um, lived there for 38 years and they were gonna ride out the storm like everybody else. They'd been through Alicia and all these other hurricanes and tropical storms without any flooding and their home flooded and they were evacuated in kayaks. Oh so, my God. And their house was destroyed. You know, they had the cars were underwater. You know, they ended up having to tear down the house and um, move. You know, now they live in a different house. They moved last year. So, um, but it's definitely not just the people in those flooded neighborhoods, but it affected the whole city. Oh, absolutely. We'd moved away from Houston right before it happened. And our old house was flooded and, and destroyed. And it, it, was, it was sad. And we weren't even there, you know, yeah. feeling like yeah. that. Yeah, it's, it was really heart-wrenching to go back when it was, we went back when my parents were, when the house was actually flooded, they had evacuated. And we went back with, um, we had air mattresses and we used them like boats. Um, we floated them into the house and tried to um, get some, you know, precious things like wedding albums and, you know, birth certificates, like documents, things like that, that you don't want to be lost. So we, right. we were able to rescue some family heirlooms and get that stuff out. But, you know, so much was just destroyed. I mean. Yeah. Oh, well, and. The book sounds great. And I love that as the backdrop, you know, yes. a city that is experiencing yeah. in mass all these yeah. complex emotions that make it kind of a powder keg for, yeah. um, for yeah. the story setting. And th there was another female protagonist book or kick-ass female um, character book that you had recently too. What, what was that? Um, another book I had, this one came out in the spring. It's called Stone Cold Heart. Um, and this book is part of my Tracer series. Um, 
the books don't have to be read in order, but they're related because all the characters work at this forensic lab or not all of the characters, some of the main characters work at this forensics lab. And so I really, over the years, loved um, researching forensics, interviewing people that are involved in forensic science, you know, DNA experts, ballistics experts, forensic anthropologists. Um, and so in this book, Stone Cold Heart, the, the heroine is a forensic anthropologist. So she's a bone expert. And so she um, is brought into these, um, a case of, you know, they find skeletal remains or decomposed remains, and she's brought in to determine, first of all, was it a homicide? And then kind of um, unravel the mystery of what happened. And so in this book, um, some bones are discovered in a gorge in Central Texas, and they're skeletonized remains. And so she's brought in and she starts to um, figure out that they might be the remains of a missing hiker that went missing a year before. And um, so it's just about kind of her piecing that together and she's working with the local, um, a local police detective um, to try and understand what happened. Now, are either of these books um, romantic or so they also have a little of your trademark? Yeah. Um, yeah. Some sizzle, a little. Yes, a little they do. <laughs> and I find that because for me, I really love the mystery and I love the action sequences, but I also love to kind of bring it back to the relationship that's going on in the story. Like when I watched Jason Bourne, the movies, you know, I really wanted to see him with the, the female characters too, you know? So um, I, I really like to have that relationship as being part of the emotional engine of the story. So um, yeah, most of my books have a strong female protagonist and also a male counterpart that, you know, there's some kind of relationship building throughout the, throughout the plot. I just think it makes it it gives more depth to your action story if it's not all action. If there's moments of just some quieter moments where the characters really get to know each other, because to me the action is more interesting if you care about the characters that the action is happening to. So I think when you can layer those two things, you can layer relationships and character building with the the action and the suspense. I think that that can really keep the pace going, keep the the story moving along. I totally agree with you that it helps so much as an author with pacing a book because you just can't be relentless action all the time. You've got to have some, <gasps> the reader breathes, yeah. the character breathes. Yeah. It's a lot more like real life as well. It's much more yes. authentic. We sleep, we eat, we talk to our spouses. And yeah. in addition, I find that, you know, no matter how crazy my life gets, I don't quit having a relationship with my husband and kids and friends just because things got busy. They're still there. Yeah. And yeah. in fact, now we see into a character and we understand their motivation better, right? We are more compelled to yeah. agree with their crazy, yeah. irrational decisions because you're doing it for love or you're doing it for whatever. So I'm with you. Well, and I think it adds realism to your story. You know, your characters have multidimensional lives. There's many things going on at once. Uh, family relationships, professional relationships, you know, they're juggling things. I mean, every right. woman that I know is juggling multiple things <laughs> at one time. So I think it's more realistic when that's happening in your characters' lives as well. So does that happen in your life? Do you find that you're juggling a whole lot at yes, once? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. You know, I'm a mom, a wife, a daughter, you know, uh, you know, I've 
there's always a million things happening. And in the meantime, writing a book. <laughs> exactly. And it's supposedly with your complete focus, right? You're, ah! Exactly. Hold <laughs> in a million directions. So just like with our kids, our, our books somewhat become our babies. Do you have a favorite child out of your series or your books? It's it's usually the one I'm writing at the moment <laughs> <That's> <laughs> because good. I'm so absorbed in it, you know, um, yeah. but I just, I get so involved in each story. So I just love that. That's part of the joy of writing to me is to just get really immersed into really yeah. get into the characters and what they do. And um, I have a background in journalism. So um, one of my favorite things to do is to interview people before I start writing that have the jobs of the people I'm writing about. So for example, in the in the story Stone Cold Heart, and it's about a forensic anthropologist. So I interviewed some forensic anthropologists to kind of find out what they do and see the laboratories where they work and kind of get a sense of their job and the kind of the stresses of that job and also some of the real life details that make it more realistic. So, um, you know, whenever I can, I like to interview people in those, those different professions so that I can kind of bring in those details and anecdotes, kind of crazy zany things that might have happened. Um, it just kind of brings the story to life more. And it's, it brings the story to life. And, you know, we're supposed to be having fun while we write these books too. That's yes. fun. <laughs> it is. I love to do field trips, you know. Um, to me, writing is not as fun if you sit in the chair all the time. You need to get out, meet people, you know, see new places, see new settings. And so that's really what I love to do. So I think that it gives so much more authenticity if your book is based upon things that you've lived or that you've discussed. Do you picture them, the people that you've interviewed, do you picture them as you're writing? Do they I get do. in your head? In fact, um, for when I was writing Alexa Mays for the, for the um, FBI agent, I was picturing this um, police officer that I met. I was doing a tour of the LAPD training facility in Los Angeles where they train uh -huh. all their um, people. And I got to meet um, this woman who's on their SWAT team. And she's very petite. She was a petite woman. And, um, you know, the SWAT team is filled with all these huge guys and she's really small. Um, and I asked her, you know, what is it like to be, you know, a woman on a SWAT team, you know, with so many men? And, and I said, well, how many, you know, what percent of the SWAT team is female? And she said, my percent. And I said, <laughs> what do you mean? She said, I'm the only one. That's it. You know, so I hope at this point there's more, you know, I'm sure that they're making progress in that way, but, um, you know, it, it amazes me, you know, there's so many women in law enforcement that are really one of, you know, they're, they're kind of out there and right. it's, it's definitely a male dominated profession. And so it's interesting to me when you get to interview people, um, what kind of, um, challenges does that pose? You know, if you're surrounded by, you know, men in your, in your career and, and how do you navigate that? And sometimes it's, it's, it's got good things and bad things about it, but it's, it's definitely interesting. <laughs> Yeah. And to think about, it's not just a gender thing with her, it's physical size. And there are some advantages to being smaller with a group of very large people, but yeah. you know, it, it's, it's hard to be quite as physically strong if you're smaller and how do you compensate? Because you have yeah. to, what do you, what well, do you, in fact, this, this one woman on the SWAT team was telling me that she uses it to her advantage. They like to send her in to the tight spaces, like if they need to send someone into a crawl space in order to plant a camera or a microphone so that they can like understand a hostage situation or something like that, she's perfect because she's petite. <laughs> so, you know, it can be an advantage. 
Yeah, unless you're really scared of enclosed spaces, and then you're <laughs> you're in trouble. But truly, there are, there are situations where you don't need a big old burly guy, or or you know, it just screams SWAT team when you see the yes. big old burly guys coming, and you can yes. be a little bit more covert by having yes. some size diversity yes. in your team. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, so every book is your favorite, then um, whichever. <laughs> Whichever protagonist you've um, most recently done um, prep interviews for is probably yeah. the one that you're thinking about. Do you find that your books impact your life as well, that you become the character or that you get into the scenes and can't get them out of your head and that your family's like, I definitely oh. get into the <laughs> scenes, but when, when I write, I do a lot of writing about you know law enforcement characters, people that deal with forensic science, um, and so, for example, I did a book a few years ago called Deep Dark, and the heroine was um, a cyber detective. So she um, was somebody who would go on the dark web and find, you know, internet predators. And so she was basically a white hat hacker. She has all this, the technical skills to find these people kind of lurking on the dark web and work with law enforcement to try and apprehend them. So she had all these great skills and everything. Um, in order to research her, I went down to San Antonio and I interviewed um, some members of the FBI's um, cyber crimes team. And man, that was really tough because they spend their day just really tracking down some real dirtbags. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that are, you know, exploiting children. And it's just, I mean, I basically came home. <laughs> just kind of shell-shocked and um, just wanting to confiscate every cell phone in the house and you know my kids are never getting online again you know I mean <laughs> sometimes yeah. you kind of get an overdose of reality and you just get paranoid and so I'm sure my kids would tell you that I'm kind of one of those like real um, you know hovering <laughs> kind of like I'm always worried about safety and things like that but I write about murderers and crimes and criminals yeah. all the time so i I guess I'm a little more tuned in than the average. Um, you really know person. that the bad guys are real. The monsters yeah. are real out there and yeah. that you just can't tell looking around a room at the people around you. There's yeah. no one in my room right now as I look around, but yeah. if there were, they're looking around the room with the people around you, but some of them aren't what they appear to be. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's the predator next door. The person that you mm -hmm. think is so, you know, innocuous that turns out to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had a stalker a few years ago and it turned out to be a neighbor and you know, you just, it literally is the people next door, right? You just don't know, or, you know, the ultimate end in the trust issues, it's a person in your house and you just don't know. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, well, not to creep you guys out, but, <laughs> but Laura researches this stuff. <laughs> Mystery writers think in, in just twisted ways. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, my husband and I will be out shopping and I'll be like, this would be a perfect murder weapon. And like be grabbing things <laughs> off the counter. Like, would you keep it down? Because people just, they don't understand that you're in the middle of a book and that you're just really yeah. going, oh, it's just what I needed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, some of the stuff that you Google on the internet is. <laughs> I know. I'm sure we're all being tracked, but it's for a good cause, right? Entertainment. We're entertaining. Um, and so with your um, writing schedule, uh, it sounds like you've always got a couple of projects going on at once to me. Yeah. What do you have that's coming down the pipe? What are you working on? Right now I'm working on a new novel and it's the first in a new series um, set in Austin. And the heroine um, is a 
investigative reporter. And um, she's she she covers the crime beat when she's not working on a big feature, and she's covering the crime beat, and she um, is covering a murder. She covers a murder that happens in Austin. The story is set in Austin, and um, it's a lot more complicated than it first appears. And so the story, the book, is basically her trying to figure out what really happened. You know, it it seems like a typical you know mugging gone wrong type of a thing, but that's not what it is at all. And so um, she's she's working on trying to figure out what really happened, and then um, the the detective, the lead detective on the case, is also trying to figure it out too. So there, but they, there's conflict between them because, of course, he's not going to reveal everything he knows to a reporter, and she's not, you know, going to, um, you know, let him let him off the hook with giving her true information. So it's it. You know, there, there's some embedded conflict in that in that relationship. I love the embedded conflict between that's inherent <laughs> between those types of roles in the book mm -hmm. and the sexual tension. I'm sure we'll be there. But now, are we getting a little bit closer to a protagonist that's more like the real Laura by going to an investigative reporter oh. with your background in journalism? It is interesting. Um, so the very first book that I ever wrote was about a reporter, and um, I I. But, you know, they say, write what you know. And it, when I was just beginning my career, this was about 15 years ago, I just started writing this reporter who stumbles across kind of this murder mystery. And so that was, that story happened like 10, 15 years ago. Um, and then I haven't written a reporter since that. And then this, this new series starts out with this investigative reporter. So I'm kind of, kind of coming full circle back to that, um, that profession. Um, Is is it a romantic suspense side-by-side -side book or is it a female protagonist led, you know? Um... It's pretty, it's, it's, I would say it leans a little more towards suspense. There is a romance in the book, but um, I think it's a little bit more suspense driven in this case. Mm -hmm. So. Do you see that um, this particular investigative reporter character is going to be your anchor to the series or are you going to rotate out some yeah. roles or? I think I'm going to, um, what I like to do is spotlight a different character in each book mm -hmm. because I like to, I read series all the time and I love it when I can pick up a, any book in a series and catch on to what's going on. Mm -hmm. If you have to read them in chronological order, it can get kind of tricky and right. you never know if you're reading them in the right order. You know, is this, am I reading out of order? Um, also, you know, I grew up going to libraries and it's really frustrating when you're checking books out of the library and you're, you're on book three, but it's checked out or book four is checked out and then you have to jump ahead to six or seven. And then you go to another author and you forget to come back and finish this yes. one and it's just yes. all kinds of, oh. So I, I have quite a few series and each of them, each book in the series stands alone. You can pick it up out of order and the whole, like if there's a romance plot, if there's a suspense plot, it starts and ends in that story. So yeah. that what usually connects my series is maybe they all work for the forensics lab or they all work on the same police department or maybe they're sisters or something. But yeah. each book could stand on its own so that you don't have to have read previous books to understand. And it, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would think it would keep it more interesting for you as well to not take the same character and repeat, 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 yeah. the, you know, I don't know how Sue Grafton did the whole alphabet. That's I all. know. I know. I would have hated. I would have hated Kinsey Mill. Well, you know, and oh. some of my favorite series are the the um, continuing character. You know, Kay Scarpetta from Patricia Cornell series and Kathy Reich's series with Tim. Bones, and, yeah. You know, so yeah. I have quite a few favorites where it's a continuing character, but um, just in terms of 
me for writing purposes. I love to start in, you know, like to keep this, the full story in one, in one book and then, you know, but the characters overlap and that's fun too, because you can bring them in and out of the story. You can, um, you know, in, in total control in the Alpha Crew series, there's characters that come in from other stories that the right. readers know from previous books. So it is, it's super fun. And, and I'm, I'm with you. There's some continuing series I really love, but as a writer, I just, I can't, I just yeah. can't make something yeah. I would cry, you know, but yeah. it, you know, and, and the, and the readers still love Alexa and Jake and they'll get a little bit of them, but yeah. they have to yeah. understand that yeah. Laura, <laughs> Laura has to move on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, this is the point in the show where I am duty bound here as my scouts honor just to tell everyone that this has been a copyrighted and solely owned production of Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, which is the brainchild of our beloved Pam Stack. Thank you, Pam, very much for all you do for authors. We really appreciate the chance to get online and talk to each other like this for us and for readers as well. And Laura, this has been fun. Sorry about the internet. Oh, that's okay. But you know, thank you for having me. You're welcome. I think we, I think we rolled with the punches pretty yes, well yes. here. Like Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff happens. <laughs> Stuff does happen. Internet happens. And for you guys out there, don't forget to go and check out um, Stone Cold Heart, Total Control, and Deadly, Her Deadly Secrets. And, um, and to get ready for next week's and the week's after's Wine, Women, and Writing podcast by heading on out to my website, PamelaFaganHutchins.com, so you can read those books ahead and really get into and participate when I have the authors online to talk to you guys. So have a great week, uh, week and have a great week during that week. Why don't you? Bye, everyone.